Are you ready to be fired up? Because I sure am. I have Heather Monahan. She is a absolute awesome woman. She's a powerhouse. She teaches people how to have confidence, how, teaches them leadership, public speaking, how to sell, you name it, she does it. And most of our listeners here know something about selling. So let's get you fired up. Financially independent, retire early. If you're a small business, professional or entrepreneur, and you're looking for a way to stand out amongst your competition, then this is the podcast for you. We focus on relevant digital marketing strategies and tools to help you stand out in your industry and become the market leader in your profession. Hey, we don't hold back on this podcast. We say it like it is. And sometimes you may not like what you're hearing, but I guarantee you, you'll know the information given is truly what you need to do to take your business to the next level. So hang tight because you're about to be fired up with me, Krista Mayshore. For being here, I was so excited about today. How are you? I'm great. Thanks so much for having me on, Krista. Good. Okay, so I don't want to waste time. I we, I asked you the question when we started: Is anything off limits? And you said you said no, which is really really cool. So, um, if I, a lot of my audience is women, there's a lot of men too, but I I'm primarily really kind of have a, a large woman audience, and I know that a lot of women they do struggle with confidence and they're and they're living kind of in a in a woman's a men's world and I'll tell you that even lately I've never as a real estate agent never felt the whole men woman difference really but now that I'm entering kind of a different arena of uh, of life I'm noticing it more and it's kind of this weird thing can you talk a little bit about that because you play with the big players you know yeah so my background was I was in the media business which is like the most traditional male dominated business um well, it's one of them that most male dominated businesses that are out there so I was always the only female and I remember when I was young in business being told you you can't get ahead if you don't wear the blue pantsuit you can't get ahead if you don't wear glasses you can't get ahead if you didn't go to an Ivy League you can't get you know there was all these lists of things you can't do unless you did it this so-called approved way that your predecessor which was always a white male in his 60s you know had accomplished and and I just remember I'd come from nothing I, I grew up really really poor but I'd always worked since the time I was nine. So basically I'd always sold since I was nine years old. So I kind of had this jump start on everybody in regards to building relationships with people, upselling people, getting client refer referrals, testimonials, et cetera. And so when I got into the business world, I thought, you know what? I killed it as a busboy, waitress, bartender, pa paper route person. I'm going to kill it at this too. Cause I had that social proof from my childhood that I really didn't know any different. And I thought, I understand that this man got ahead because he's white, you know, older than me and went to Harvard. But you know what? That's not what made me number one in the paper route circuit, right? So I'm going to lean into <laughs> what, what I've got. And this is so important for everyone listening. Don't be the person that takes the earrings off, doesn't wear the perfume. You rock you. The more you step into you, the more you're going to attract those right opportunities and the more confident you're going to become and the more confident people are going to perceive you as being. So it's a really powerful thing because just making that one decision, I'm not saying it's easy. There have been so many times in my life where I backed off that. I tried it the other way. Like I've done, you know, test and try, test and try. And I look at the data and the data tells me time and time again, Heather, be you, no matter how scared you are, no matter how much you second guess yourself, leaning into who you truly are is what's going to unlock your full potential. Ah, oh, it's so true. You know, it's so funny. I don't think a lot of people know, like, are like understand you are a beautiful woman. So whether if you're listening to this just on, you know, the Fired Up podcast and you're not seeing her, she is a beautiful, 
beautiful woman. And thanks, Krista. It's a, lo- it's a lot of work. It, no, you don't look, I was just telling her what a perfect nose she has anyways. Um, and it's sometimes it's almost like it's held against you, I think, for being pretty. And I remember hearing in my career, oh, the reason you do so well, Krista, in your real estate career is because you're pretty. And I used to think, yeah, you just keep thinking that. Well, I keep kicking your butt every year because I'm willing to invest in my education, my development, my growth. But I, I let them think what they want. But sometimes I think it is harder when you're an attractive woman and you it's like, I've felt myself in the past, I'm older now, so it's, I don't feel any now, but like I had to kind of play it down a little bit or I try to front myself up a little bit so I didn't come across intimidating to even other women, you know? Yeah, and no, that's not the way to do it. There's no doubt that having an attractive look to you or whatever it is or, or a certain look to you can be a benefit, but it can be a detriment in, in different situations. And I see this to this day, I'm 48 years old. So I'm, I'm not really at risk anymore of like how I look harming me in business. But when you're younger, oh, heck yeah, it can be a real downside, right? It, it really can be a detractor. And I was actually with a, a young lady that has basically been um, a mentee of mine for the past couple of years. I love her to death. She was headlining a conference and she was dressed like a maniac. And, and I, I said nothing to her while she was up on stage and I was there cheering her on and I was so proud of her. She, and she did incredible. We were meeting after for dinner and, we were, and she's like, what feedback do you have? And, and I went into everything that she had done incredible. And I believe in the sandwich approach, you know, lead with like what's really positive and, and what you're proud of, jump into what the challenge or opportunity is and then close mm-hmm. again with, you know, some other great, you know, feedback that you can provide. That's all honest, but I structure it that way intentionally because people tend to receive it and hear it a little bit better. And so in the middle, I said, you know, I was a little taken back by your outfit today. I said, and here's the thing this is you. And I know this is you. However, that audience was primarily male. And I heard some of the things they were saying, and they were talking about how you looked in your body when I wanted them hearing your words. And it and, and isn't her fault, right? It's not her fault that she's gorgeous and in her late twenties, that's not her fault, but she's got to test and try in her experience and in her world. She doesn't need to listen to me at 48. She needs to listen to herself and say, I heard what Heather said, but I also know I feel my most confident when I'm like, she's got to figure that out. And it's a delicate balance and it isn't easy, but it's, listen, we were given the the gift of being women, rock what you got and decide like when you want to, you know, dress a little bit differently or not, but what works for you. I know when I was younger and the more I would dress, um, you know, a little shorter skirts or tighter shirts, oftentimes men would treat me differently in a fashion that I didn't appreciate. And I did dial it back as a result because I wanted to be clear. And again, this is what worked for me. You got to figure out what works for you. I I decided I don't want people crossing that boundary with me. And if again, you should, it shouldn't be a factor, but let's just tell the truth here. If you wear short shirts and and low cut shirts all the time, people will perceive, you know, perception becomes a reality for whatever story they're telling themselves. People treated me with a lack of respect. And the more I would create confidence in myself, like you said, invest in myself, take classes and and maybe dress a little bit more conservative. Those people kind of backed off and stopped until I got to a point in my career that I felt like, you know what, forget this. I'm done wearing the blue pantsuits. Now I'm going to rock what what I've got and what I want to rock. And and it's irrelevant, but you have to be so bold and confident in order to pull that off. Ah, that's so true. So I remember when I first started in real estate, my broker used to say, Krista, you can't wear those low cut shirts. So I just gotten divorced. And so here I was, of course, filling myself and all that. And after a couple of years, I listened to her. I remember I went to White House Black Market and I bought all these different type of clothes. And you know what happened, believe it or not, was 
I noticed the women started feeling more comfortable around me. I started attracting a higher price home as well and, and making more money and more higher price listings. And it was because it wasn't, I'm saying that it's right or wrong to dress that way, but in that profession, it wasn't the best idea to go sit down with a husband and a wife as a single woman with my boobs hanging out, right? So I had to modify, uh, and I did for the rest of my career. I dress like that, you know? Now it's a little different, but but you it, but you, you paid attention to the data that you received from yes. testing and trying, and and that's all I'm recommending, and I think you're recommending for people to do is no one's saying it's right or wrong. Like you've got to do you, but when you see revenue results and and you start achieving goals, you got to say, all right, there's something to this. I'm gonna at least lean in a little bit to it. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. I love that. I love that. Okay, so I know you also teach um, sales, right? Like you teach sales, you, you teach people how to get hired for a job. You pretty much teach everything all around like the whole confidence and, and you know, development area. Um, as far as what would, what would be some really good sales and like ethical persuasion type of things that you could, you could help us with? Maybe I don't know if we need to give you an example or you can just go for it. Well, I'll tell you something that I'm really leaning into and seeing great results. As I mentioned, I love data because data doesn't lie. There's an AI app that I've been using that's super helpful for me. And, and I think it's helpful for others, anyone in sales. It's called Grammarly. And it's an overlay that you put on Chrome and you get reporting every week telling you how you come across in emails. I'm confident. I'm, I'm familiar. I'm friendly. I'm authentic. I'm real. I'm smart. I'm but you'll see this, there's a gamut and some weeks you're up and up in some areas and some weeks you're not. And then to boot with it, which is so great, it will always help you become more concise in your words. And brevity is a superpower that is lost on so many people. No one has time to read long emails, long text messages, or you over explaining yourself because you can't make a meeting. People want you to get to the point. They want you to appreciate them and convey a message and keep it moving. And I found it to be a really powerful tool that's been very helpful for me. Oh, I love it. I love it. Oh my gosh. AI. I'm like obsessed with AI. I actually hired somebody to work for me that his whole job is studying AI. It can be definitely overwhelming, uh, but it's been, everyone's afraid of it, but it's like, it's just like when Siri came out, it was a weird thing. Now it's normal. It's like when, you know, Facebook ads way back when it's like, it's going to happen anyways, change is inevitable. I'm embracing it and not using it as a, and my company, I'm telling them, don't be afraid of AI. It's not there to take your job. It's there to help you be more efficient, more productive, ge generate more revenue, higher thinking skills, and allow the AI to do things that necessarily you don't need to do, like answer an email a certain way or respond to a text message and things like that. So I, well, I love it. It's interesting because to your point, anytime you get stuck with a question or a problem and you don't have an answer in that moment, just go to chat GPT and type it in. Um, how do I start a talk on blah, blah, blah? How do I close someone when this is the objection? It will then deliver you eight different ideas. And I'm not saying you need to take their ideas, but it's going to help you brainstorm a new creative solution for yourself, most importantly. Oh, absolutely. It's it's so amazing. And everyone there listening, everyone knows about chat GPT. Be careful. Do not just take exactly what what it's saying, you have got to use it to help, you know, as a starting point or to enhance what you've already done. But it it can sound very, very generic and very, very scripted if you just go in there and leave it as it is. So be careful with that. All right. So tell me more. I mean, I just I love Heather. You, you're just you're you are so confident. You do come across, you know, like a what do they call you're like a she man with your awesome confidence. And I just it's so powerful, you know. Well, you're so nice. Thank you. Thank you for saying that. Yeah, no. Well, first and foremost, you know, in regards to sales, one of the things that has made me be very successful in, in my sales career was 
I started out, I'm just going to outwork everybody. I didn't have a solution above and beyond at the time. So I leaned into hard work and I know you're a hard worker too. You know, so many people in our world today think like, oh, you can cut the corners. You can do this. I still, to this day, I don't believe in that. You know, the more that I put the reps in, people will say to me, how were you named top, you know, 50 keynote speaker in the world? How did you make this list, that list? The reality is nobody wants to hear that before I gave my TEDx talk, I watched thousands of TEDx talks to try to identify what is it that works and lands with people? What is it that doesn't? I hired a coach to help me so I'd have better stage presence for that day. I practiced for months. Nobody wants to hear when you really do the work and put the reps in. They just want to hear, oh, she's, she was a born great speaker. Oh, that's what makes her a great salesperson too. She was just born with that. No, when you put the work in, discipline yourself, invest in yourself and put the reps in, these things become easier because you become more confident and you become more natural. And I just think that's very undervalued. And the, and the more that you actually practice and study and prepare, the more confident you are. You know, isn't it funny though? People will say like, oh my gosh, it almost seems like overnight. Like it even seems like that from the outside, even with you, you've had great success very quickly. You've got hundreds of thousands of followers. You're on, you know, I've seen you next to um, uh, Grant Cardone and all these other big people on on, on stages and, and the such, but it's all the hard work and there is no such thing as an overnight success. No, there really isn't. However, and, and I will put this caveat, I got onto LinkedIn six years ago. It's one of my biggest platforms. And now I'm a top 50 LinkedIn influencer, or whatever it is, some list. But what's interesting is a woman that I just met a year and a half ago was on that same list with me. She just started a year and a half ago. So I guess the caveat is, listen, put the hard work and the reps in, but also don't shortchange yourself. What took me six years to accomplish could mm -hmm. take you only one year, right? Like we don't know that, but yeah. just know that the work's going to be there in some regards, show up and be that real authentic person. You lean into what makes you unique and different and be open to receiving, you know, whatever's coming for you. <laughs> yeah. I think the biggest mistake people make is a lot of them stop too soon or, you know, because of Twitter, twatter, ping pong, ding dong, every app in the world, your iPhone, we all want things overnight. And like you said, sometimes that can happen. I've seen it happen too. But in most cases, it takes a little bit of work. You know, I, I'm going to be speaking um, on uh, Tony Robbins and Dean Graziasi's stage uh, Monday. And I, my team was like, oh my gosh, it seems like everything's happening overnight. And I said to him, I go, you know what? It's actually, it was 21 years of being a top agent and busting my butt and so much sacrifice to be able to become a coach five years ago. And, and then, you know, six years ago, I actually made it, I made it, I, I was at a Tony Robbins event and I said, I'm going to be on his stage and I don't know when, but I'm going to do it. And I was in a room with 10,000 people. I'd never even, and then, you know, so six years later, kind of like what you said, six years, it's kind of funny. It's happening, but it was like, you just got to keep pushing and keep going. And I know that all the little things that I did over and over again, just like you and watching all the Ted talks, you know, learning the sales and persuasion skills, investing in, in your time, your energy, your resources, your money, all of it. And now it, it looks like you're just this overnight success and badass of a woman, you know? Yeah, no. And I want to share this story because I'm so in agreement with everything that you just said. I'm so proud of you, by the way, because it's such a Tony stage is like the biggest stages out there. So I'm super proud and so excited for you. It's freaking killer. But to your point, my background was 25 years in corporate America and sales and sales leadership. Nobody knew. I wasn't posting about it back then. Nobody saw that, right? That was serious sacrifice, just like mm -hmm. you, serious hard work. Yeah. I got fired, which was my launch point to say, okay, I can't work in media anymore because I have a non-compete. That led me to write a book. That led me to say, wait a minute, how do you sell books? You go on podcasts and or you speak. 
And I remember thinking, if I'm going to do a podcast, I'm probably late to the game. Everyone's, you know, is telling you, you're late to the game. It's 2019, too late. And I thought, if I'm going to do it, I got to do the biggest guest out there. So I decided I wanted Gary Vee. I DM'd him like crazy, called all his people like crazy. But then I said, I've got to approach it differently the same way I would sales for anything because I'm selling him at coming on my show. I took out a Google alert on him. A week later, I got a notice he was launching a wine business. I knew the wine business because I had been in it in my early 20s. I saw he had a partner. I went to LinkedIn where I'd been posting for a couple of years. So I had a presence. Again, goes back to invest in yourself and show up on the regular. And I DM the guy from my account. He looked at my account, saw I was a real person. I was a credible person. DM me back, said, hey, yeah, I'd love your help. If you want to jump on a call, would like to hear what advice you could give me. We got on a call. We were on the phone for an hour. At the end of the call, he said, if I can ever do anything to help you, Heather, just tell me you helped me so much. And I said, great. Can you tell your partner I need him to be my first guest on my show? And, you know, to make a long story short, essentially, Gary was my first guest. But the point is- That's incredible always- though. Hold on. Do you know how incredible that is? Like, everyone listen to what she just said. First of all, if you don't know who Gary Vee is, he's like one of the like one of the top influencers out there. He, he, he started a wine business. Now he does like, uh, you know, self-development and he's a marketing genius and he's all over social media. And he, most people would never go on somebody's podcast as the first person because especially like Gary Vee, because you don't have followers yet. You don't have an influence. And because she went out of her way, was showing up beforehand, took the leap of faith, asked the hard question, took her time, gave her value. That's insane. I just hope you give yourself one of these right now, like a serious pat on the back. Oh no, this is what I'll give myself a pat on the back for. So to me, that was just being creative. Like I, you always need to think of like, what's another way to see this? How's, how's another way I can break through instead of saying, oh no, again, oh, that's it. No, there's another way. I just I haven't figured it out yet, right? Back to chat GPT, but we didn't have that in 2019. So then I said to myself, okay, I need to get close to everyone on this team because one thing I've learned in business is the, the target individual, the CEO of Fortune 10 companies, they're not always gonna have time to text you back, but their team will, right? So you yeah. need to get in the mix with everybody else. So I'm like sending out notes, small gifts ahead of time before I even get to New York to interview him for my show. I stayed in touch with the partner. I now had a cell phone. Like we, we would text each other. Again, not from a, a crazy standpoint, but just like, hey, I can't wait to meet you in person. Like, I'm, I'm so grateful for you. I'm appreciative. If there's anything I can do for you, how can I serve you? So I've gotten pretty close to one of his personal assistants. When I went out there, of course, I stalk everybody online. I can see him across the building. I scream his name. I go running down to hug him. And while I'm hugging him, I said, listen to me, Tyler. I need to know who's the ultimate decision maker to get a guest on Gary V's show. And I'm about to go in there and interview him for my show. And he says, well, it's Gary. And I said, so how would you encourage me to pitch myself to him such that I can get a yes and get it nailed down while I'm here today? And he took a minute and he looked up and he said, ask him while he's on the air for your show so that we're videoing it so you can hold his feet to the fire. He said, and then I got you. And I'm like, okay. So he get to the right people on the inner circle, get the right information. So you said, so you, he, they told you to ask him to be on his show while he was on yours or vice versa. No. Right. right. So I'm there to interview him as a first guest on my show, but I'm asking his assistant, Hey, I want to get on Gary's show. How do I do it? And he says, well, ask him while he's on the air. Cause then I'll get the recording. We're videoing everything. He's like, and then you got it. So I, you know, I'm, I'm walking in to interview him. I'm nervous, but in the back of my mind, I'm like, ultimate goal, ultimate goal is I'm, I'm closing him at the end. Right. 
And again, I have 25 plus years sales experience. So at the, at the very end, I said something to the point of like, Hey Gary, now that we've gotten to know each other a little bit after an hour of talking, do you think someone with a bounce back comeback story like mine could add value to your listening audience? And he's like, well, Great yeah, way to say it. he's like, obviously they could. I'm like, great. When can I come on? He's like, Tyler, let's find her some time to come on. We'd love to have you on the show, Heather. So it was like, all right, great, shake hands. He's gone, right? Because he has his next meeting he's late yeah. for, and I don't see Gary again. It took me just, and I want everyone to know this. It took me, I think, seven or eight months until I actually got on his show as a guest, right? Because there was like, well, he's busy right now. He's not taking new guests. You know, like people, you're going to get blown off if you're not a priority. And in the end, it ended up happening and it was incredible experience. And that blew my show up, right? And that blew my social media up. And so just don't have big goals and don't back off them when people tell you no or that you can't do it. Oh, it's so good. Have you ever been on Brad Lee's show yet? I, I know who he is, but I've never gone on his show. No. I'm going to get you on his show. I'm going to oh, get you thank on you. his show. Let me tell you how I got on his. So first of all, it's about studying your audience and not being afraid to ask, but doing it in a way when you, well, you've earned the right, right? So um, I got him on, on, on my podcast because he, you know, just because it's, it's, it's an okay podcast, but he wanted to be able to, to help his brand. So when he's on my podcast, I'm like, so Brad, who would you, he was talking all about sales and persuasion. And I'm like, Brad, who would you say, like, who's the decision maker in your company? And he's like, well, I am, of course. And I said something to the effect of, well, that's not what I heard because your, your, your team told me I couldn't be on your podcast, you know? And he's like, well, I didn't say that. I'm like, well, can I build your pocket? Think I'd be in <laughs> that's how I did it. And then we became that friends. was brilliant. You yeah, appealed yeah. to his ego. <laughs> yeah. It was all about his ego. And then he ended up flying me down and or I flew down there. I, I taught a bunch of people in his in his studio uh this model that I'm doing. But it was it was it was so funny. And it's it's so funny too. Sometimes you you look at people. I want to talk about this real quickly. Sometimes you see people and and you think that they're confident. And they, and they, because they appear that way. I mean, I, I know me, I have like two, I feel like I'm two women sometimes. I'm this person that's accomplished a lot, very successful. And there was a part of me that I struggle. And I, I like, I have self-doubt and I, I rethink myself. I'm not sure, honestly, do they like me? Am I good enough? Do I belong here? And it, I have to constantly fight it. And that's not a bad thing, but it's something that I have to fight. And I think, I feel like everyone is like that. Even the most successful people I'm learning are the same. Well, here's the, the truth. The most confident people are like you. They're willing to admit they're not always confident. If someone's telling you, oh no, I'm confident in every aspect of my life all the time, those are the most insecure people. Those are people who are being arrogant, trying to hide their actual, the, you know, where they're lacking confidence and where they might be full of self-doubt. It's fine to lack confidence. It's normal. Life is not static, right? Your health isn't great every day. Your relationships aren't perfect every day. Your job isn't going to be perfect and predictable every day. And that's a good thing because we're always growing and evolving. And those are challenges that are going to make us stronger that we're going to learn from. So the beauty of confidence is, you know, there's going to be ebbs and flows. And the more you get used to that, the more you can say, oh, I know what this is. I've seen this movie before. I remember when I was sick for a while when I was younger, I was in an accident or something happened and I didn't feel really confident in my health. But, you know, I remember it came back again and there was years I felt really confident and I'm just going through that ebb and flow right now. What are some of the things and action steps that I can do to help elevate that confidence when it is in a low moment? And so what are some of the things that you do? Like, what are the things that you do when you're having a low moment of confidence? What would you, you know? What, what oh my gosh, do? first, the first thing for me personally, because everybody's got different triggers in life, right? Typically for me, it, it stems from self-limiting belief, self-doubt. And from like back in my childhood, not being enough, not having enough, whatever. So that's my first 
I want to check on that point immediately and make sure it's not coming from within my own two ears, right? But after you do that, what's interesting is I've learned, then check around you. Sometimes there's sneaky villains around you, friends that are giving you disparaging looks, maybe a relationship that isn't the same that you've been thinking like, oh, you know, sunk cost fallacy. I've been with this person too long. I shouldn't give up on this relationship yet. Maybe that's eating away at your confidence. Maybe you're going to work every day, working with another individual that's stabbing you in the back and you know it, but no one's dealing with it or addressing it. Get rid of and or set boundaries with negative people. I call them villains in your life. Uh, deal with the one that's within your own two ears first, but then get rid of the ones that could be outside of your head. It has a massive impact on your confidence. Ooh, that's such great. That's such great advice. And sometimes it's hard for us to kind of like let go of these people that have, you know, that have are, are stealing our joy, are stealing our confidence, are are make you know keeping us stuck. And even sometimes people that are that love us do it, and they don't even realize it. They say things like not a very good idea. You know, I don't, you're sure you should do that. And they've never done the thing you're trying to do. And they're giving you advice not to do it. It's like asking somebody that's been married five times for marital advice. You know, like they're not oh, the right ones to Christy, I talk about this all the time. That's on us. We can't yeah. blame them for that. So the yeah. first litmus test is never ask direction for someone who hasn't been where you're going, right? So if to your point, you want someone who knows what it's like to have a great marriage, find that person in your life that's been married for 50 plus years and, mm-hmm. and sit down with them and take notes. But don't go to the guy that's you know been married twice and divorced twice. We, we need to see things. We so often just want to ask, oh, my mom loves me. I'm going to ask her about writing a book. Well, I, when I did, my mom said, you can't write a book. Heather, what are you, crazy? Because people put their fears and their limitations onto you. Never ask for direction from someone who hasn't been where you're going. Dean Graziasi says that the worst advice you can get is bad advice. Never ask somebody to learn to do a thing that, that they have never done, like a parent, like a friend, like a whatever. Heather, this has been awesome. I want, how can people, like there's something you want to offer to our audience? Is there something, like how can people learn more about you or find your book or whatever, wherever you want to send them? I want to make sure you're able to, to do that. Where can we send people to so they can learn more about you? Yeah, I will, I'll give you the link for your show notes. I have a 30-day email accountability program that I get amazing feedback on. It's 30 days of me coming into your email box with different tips and tricks to create confidence. My podcast is Creating Confidence with Heather Monahan. I'm at Heather Monahan everywhere. My website's heathermonahan.com. Ooh, I love it. And everybody, just to let you know, um, Heather has an amazing podcast. I'm about to be on it. I'm going to actually put her episode of her podcast that I'm on on my show too, so you can get Heather twice and then go binge watch her or binge listen to her. Heather, thank you so much for being here. I so appreciate your time. And um, I, I have a feeling that we're going to end up um, rubbing shoulders in a good way a, a lot in the near future. Are we going to be speaking together on Tony's stage, Krista? Because I hadn't told you yet. That's been on my bucket list too. Yeah. Well, you know, you're friends with Dean. He's the one that's going to help you do it. He's the best. Okay, everyone. I hope that you were so fired up. Do me a favor, go and in the show notes, you'll have the link. Um, we'll make sure that it, it once we uh, we know. Is, is there a certain link I should send them just for the listeners? Like WW, is there like a certain? It, yeah, it's at heathermonahan.com, the 30 day email accountability program, but I'll get you the actual link too. Okay, perfect. You guys heard it. So go follow her. Listening is great, but action is where the transformation happens. Knowledge is not power unless you actually use it. I hope you are just as fired up as I am. Heather, thank you so much. Everyone go follow her now. We appreciate you and everyone have a great day. Bye. I'm Krista Major. I hope this is helpful. Be sure to subscribe. And every single month, I have a virtual online three-day event where I go over these strategies and so much more that helps agents and teaches them what's working right now in real estate. So look at the link, click somewhere on this page, and I'll see you there.